Welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome again to another episode of the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. It's great to have you joining in today. We're going to jump back into happiness. We took a a week off there and talked about 20 things are going to happen in 2020, but we're back to talking about happiness today. And hey, let me tell you what would make me happy. More people listen to this podcast. So if you can help with that, certainly appreciate sharing on social media or in person or however it is you do it, that uh, this podcast is out there and has a lot of helpful information that can really uh, impact people's lives in a very, very positive way. I'm hoping these happiness episodes are going to be really popular. Just looking over since we started, it looks like the stuff we did on stress was probably overall the most uh, popular uh, of the the material we've done so far. So that's interesting. And maybe happiness will be another one of those that will just resonate with folks. But if you can share and subscribe, then Also, of course, give us a a nice five-star rating, write any sort of reviews. All those things would be really helpful. Really appreciate that as we uh, endeavor to build this audience and bring more and more people into a chance to hear about really inspirational, motivational messages that can help people in in just the very significant areas of their life. I mean, again, you think we've talked about things like stress and success, and now we're talking about happiness, just things that are really essential to just about anybody's well-being, and that's, that's what this podcast is all about. And every week, we've got something different to share with you. And today, I want to talk about happiness, another another one of the, the ways to have a happy new year, and that is to have healthy relationships. Relationships are just absolutely crucial to happiness. Just over and over again, you see this, the the Harvard study of adult development, which followed more than 200 men since the late 1930s. How about that? Found that what makes for the happiest and most fulfilling lives is this. The only thing that really matters in life are your relationships to other people. That's it. That's the thing that ultimately brings people greater happiness than anything else. In the very happy survey that assessed the top 10% of the happiest people in the world found that they were highly social and had stronger romantic and other social relationships than less happy groups. So there's another piece of research. How about one more? Another Harvard study done uh, among 1,600 undergraduate students, discovered that the greatest predictor of happiness was not GPA or SAT scores or family income or gender or age. It was social support. Number one at the absolute top of the list. Surprise. Yeah, it really matters. Your, Your friendships, your relationships, that's what makes life special. That's what makes life worthwhile. People who have a large network of friends, how about this? Here's another study. Outlive those with the fewest friends by 22%. That's a massive difference. That's just amazing kind of data. That is just, that is, that is amazing data. All these studies 
show how strong relationships result in happy people. There it is. Want to be happy? Have healthy relationships. And I would just say something to men, particularly having having been down this road and in, in many ways worked with many men in a variety of, of settings. And, and what you see is that young men have friends and then as they get older, they tend to have less and less friends. And women continue to have friends and men don't. They rely too much uh, solely on their family instead of on other relationships. And that is not a healthy thing. You need to expand your friendships and, and, and relationships. And I'm not just talking about professional relationships, those that simply are centered around work, but relationships and friendships that uh, go beyond that. And it is amazing the number of men who really have no deep friendships and rely solely on their spouse as their really sole deep friend. Not not good. I've got two buddies of mine that I've known since I was in college. And those friendships are, are so valuable to me. Not many other friendships. In fact, I, I'm making new friendships all the time. And that's part of my goal is to, is to keep having new friendships because it's, it's really important. But boy, it's great to have longtime friends. It's great to have new friends. It's great to have friends in between. You have to deepen your relationships. And that's, that's it. The deeper the relationship, the more you get and the more you give support. It doesn't matter if it's a romantic relationship, a friendship, family, friends at work, whatever it might be. The deeper your relationships, the more the, the social support, the more it's there. So what, what can you do to, to really deepen relationships? I'm just going to give some very practical ideas for, for you to consider today. How about lending a hand? Which, which looks like, like um, volunteering to babysit. Your friends with a couple that have got young children. Maybe it's their first kid. They're hesitant to go out. They need it for their marriage, but who are they going to get for a babysitter? Who can they trust? And you're friends with them. Say, wow, that's a big sacrifice to watch somebody else's kids. Yeah, it's a sacrifice. I don't know if it's a big one, but it's a sacrifice. But you do it because you're a good friend and you want your friend's marriage to be strong. So you, you babysit. Maybe um, you take someone's dog, you know, for the weekend so they can they can go out of town. They love their dog, and they're not comfortable putting their dog in boarding, or maybe the expense is too high. But man, it'd be great if they could get a weekend away. It'd really help again help their marriage. And you say, hey, just let us take care of the dog, and you guys go have a, have a nice weekend. And they know that they can trust you and. Their dog will be cared for and just gives them ease and allows them to do it. Just little things. Maybe you don't think about them, but these are the ways you develop a, a, a deeper relationship with people by doing these sorts of things. Bringing someone a meal. You know, just saying, hey, I know you're in a, a busy season in your life right now. You got a lot going on and 
So, you know, here's a meal. You can just, you know, eat it tonight or whenever, you know, it, it works for you. But just want you to take that off your plate, be able to sit down, have a nice meal with your family. These things really matter. They really matter. And, and, and again, take it from a guy who's been a pastor for a number of years. So kind of have a lot of experience in this stuff, know a lot about it. it really matters. It really makes a difference to people. What else can you do? Well, go out and do things together. You know, go out to brunch. Say, hey, let's let's go out to brunch on Saturday. Just make plans. You know, that's how that's how things happen by people planning. It doesn't happen just by accident. It happens by by planning. You know, why why are we doing more social things? Because we're not planning to do social things. I was watching crazy Larry David curb your enthusiasm episode and you know we can get past all his nuttiness for a moment social assassin that he is strangely you see him all the time like hey uh, let's get together for lunch hey, let's get together and go get something to eat how about if we play golf i mean it, it, it just struck me of course you know these sort of things are on my mind preparing for this episode but that's what you have to do you know ask people out to lunch Say, nobody asked me out to lunch, and I just think of my dad's great advice. Want a friend? Be a friend. Want a friend? Be a friend. Be a friend. Invite people out to lunch. Invite them to go do something with you. Go to a ball game. Just say, let's let's do something. Let's, let's go. Ball games are great. You know, athletic events are fun times. It was just down, recently down at my alma mater, Duke University at Cameron Indoor Stadium to see actually another one of my alma maters, Boston College. That's a game I couldn't lose either way. Whoever wins, I'm a winner. Whoever loses, uh, I, I'm not a loser because both are my schools. That was a lot of fun. This particular time it took my wife because I had never taken her there before. I'd been there, been there with my boys, but never been there with her. Wanted her to just see, you know, one of the, one of the really unique venues in all of sports and it's just such a fun place to be. Yeah, we really had a great time. Stayed overnight. Great. Yeah, do that with your friends. Of course, again, deepen your relationship with your spouse. Most, most, If you're married, and it's the most important relationship you have, what are you doing to strengthen that relationship and deepen it? Well, these are the sorts of things that you do. Go to a museum. Go to a festival. Do stuff with your friends. You're like, yeah, well, we, we do stuff like that. Well, maybe you just need to do more of it. And again, those of you that are married, I, I cannot tell you how strongly I believe and how many couples I've given this piece of advice to about taking these overnight trips. And this gets back to, well, we can't because we don't have a babysitter and this is why you need friends so you can have somebody take care of kids that you feel comfortable with. But these, these trips that I've taken through the years with my wife have been so important in our relationship. And when you live a busy life, man, you, you got to have time to, to get away. And you take these trips, some of them are small, getting ready to take a big trip with my wife here another week or so. But if it's a small trip or a big trip, it really doesn't matter. Spending time together and the difference it can make, it's really, really, really important. Well, what else can you do? Well, here's some things. How about writing somebody a card? Not a text, not an email, not a Facebook message, an actual card. Something that you write with and you put a stamp on and they receive it in the mail. It means a lot. It means more than ever these days. 
because again, because of texting and email and messaging, it's just rare now that people get these sorts of things. And it, it really, really, really can make a difference in somebody's day or week or even longer. I have written people notes and I visit their home and the notes like on the refrigerator, no joke. Like, wow, really? Yeah, it's a big deal. It really means a lot. It's really important. How about doing something like, you know, bringing someone a treat, you know, like making cupcakes or bringing them a box of donuts, or maybe some homemade cookies. Now, now you may say, oh man, Rick, you know, we just got over the holidays and all that stuff. Okay, take a break, you know, <laughs> take a break. We'll, we'll do it later. Doesn't have to be right now. I mean, the fact is that the reason this stuff is, is popular at the holidays is because people like it. People like, people like this stuff. And especially when you make it yourself, you know, it, it, it means a lot. Not that you always have to, to do it yourself, but one time my, my wife uh, ended up getting this infection and uh, we had to go to the emergency room. It was kind of crazy. She was really in a lot of pain. I was concerned and what was wrong. And um, so the folks took her in and you know, figured out what was wrong with her. And got her on an antibiotic and, and really uh, really took, took great care of her. I really appreciate it. And while they were, once we figured out what was going on and they, they needed to kind of get in, in the the zone of, of healthcare and what they needed to do. I sort of stepped out, ran down the street to a Dunkin' Donuts. I'm in New England there, so Dunkin' Donuts or Dunkin' as they're known today, you know, that's sort of our go-to. Just got a dozen donuts, just, you know, sort of donuts and brought them back and get ready to check out my wife and said, hey, here, you know, here's these donuts. Just thank you. Really appreciate you guys taking care of my wife and everything. You should have seen these folks. It's, you know, it's, hey, you know, at that point, it was, or by the way, it was early in the morning. We went to the, we probably went to the emergency room at like four in the morning. So this is maybe like six o'clock or something. So it's sort of, you know, coffee and donuts time. But I mean, these folks, you would have thought I brought them some fantastic gift. You know, I mean, it's a dozen donuts. I mean, it's not a lot of money. It's, no, not that big a deal. And they were so happy about it and just so appreciative and just really struck me that day. Like, you know, these little things that we can do that really make a difference. Those are people I didn't even know. I just appreciated them taking good care of my wife. But, you know, people that you know, you just show up and just makes people, it just, it just, this is how you deepen relationships. These, these little things, the little things matter. They really do. The more you invest in your relationships, you know what? The happier you're going to be. The better your relationships are going to be and the happier you are going to be. So that's about deepening relationships. But how about broadening your relationships? Like no one can have too many friends. Really, you can't. No one can have too many friends. Like when's the last time you made a new friend? Because the more friends you have, the greater potential for happiness grows. What can you do to increase your friends? How can you meet new people? It's really, it's a really important question. And you need to know the answer to that. Now, obviously, as a guy who comes out of the faith world, I'm going to tell you there's no better place to meet people and gain new friends than a church. I mean, the church is a relationship powerhouse. 
you are not going to church. It is there is it is the best way to to make new friends. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the, the entire church is set up for relationship and community. If for no other reason, you should go to a church just for that. And there's a whole lot more reasons, significant reasons having to do with your soul. But from a friendship standpoint, I mean, this the, the research is overwhelming. Those who attend religious services at least once a week have a 25% higher life expectancy than those who don't. I mean, that's just a fact. Why? Because church attends and decreases social support. And social support is a proven life extender and a proven happiness creator. There it is. So I just couldn't encourage you more to get involved in a church and, and, and immediately increase your friendships. It's really, really interesting. I don't know if you heard about the Yahoo CEO that said, you know, don't want any telecommuting. And um, the reasons were be because of relationship building. Didn't want people isolated, wanted people connected. And there's a lot, a lot of powerful truth in that. Now, the church isn't the only organization or group that you could get involved in to increase friendships. There's all kinds of other clubs and groups and, and organizations that you could you be a part of that may be people that share a, a common interest that you might have or a hobby or a passion, whatever it might be. Hey, do it. Get involved. Get involved. I can tell you that one of the things that has really exploded in, in, in my life and ministry and work has been the, the whole internet and the internet, online church and including, of course, even this podcast fits into that category, but especially our internet campus just, you know, grew like crazy up to 150,000 people all over the world and then Facebook live. And, you know, it, it's great. It serves a purpose. And in, and in other countries, it can be fantastic because there's just no church that they could go to that would be as contemporary and dynamic as, as our church. And so it gives them an opportunity to experience something that they just could not physically experience. But that doesn't apply to everybody by any means. And there are other things about about uh, Internet and campus and, and online church that, that certainly are helpful for a host of reasons to, to, to have to do with the schedule and, you know, all your personal schedule and travel and sickness and things like that. But bottom line is that you're going to lose opportunities to, you're going to lose opportunities to make friends if you don't come to a physical church campus. And I would just really in encourage you to do that. And, and again, get involved in other groups and organizations where you can meet new people. So many folks, it's their friendships are the people that they work with and their family and, and, the, and that's it. And that's just not enough. It, it, it's just not enough. You need more than that. And again, with the way that people change jobs and you change jobs and you lose a ton of those friendships. And and you know that, you know, you move on and you, you may have a few that, that remain, you know, a few uh, relationships that continue, but the, the vast majority of them, uh, they don't necessarily last as you move on to the next job. Whereas relationships that aren't dependent on something like that, you know, you stay, you stay in a church long term. And of course, not everybody does that. 
Why, unfortunately, people will hop around, and again, they, they lose out and miss out. But if you stay in a church long term, you'll develop some really great friendships that are really, you know, really, really be positive for your life in so many different ways. So we can deepen our relationships, and we can broaden our relationships, and then we can strengthen our relationships. The better the relationship, the happier we are. And happy friends increase our happiness even more. You get that, right? It's, you know, that's, you don't want to be surrounded by negative people, people that are critical and tear you down. You, you, you've got these good relationships and they're, they're strong. And these strong relationships are based on people who like each other and have fun together and are happy and all those sorts of things. So here's the deal now. No way can people be in relationships with each other and avoid conflict. I mean, it's just a part of life. It happens. The way this, the way the world works, the way things operate. And so strengthening your relationships has to do with dealing with, with conflict. It's a part of it. Don't run from, from it, address it. Now, a lot of people, man, they just do, do not want to, to, to do that. You know, they, they hate confrontation. And of course, this is how a dysfunctionality happens. This is how codependency happens. All kinds of unhealthy relational issues have at their source a, a refusal to to name what everybody knows is true, to say the elephant that's in the room. But that's the only way you can strengthen your relationships. And, and here's the interesting thing. If you will just deal with conflict, then you can get past it, and then you can have the happiness that you want that comes from healthy relationships. It's when you don't deal with conflict that you don't have other relationships, and then you don't, you don't have happiness. So how do you do that? Well, let's just look at a few things. First of all, you have to choose your battles. You know, really, I mean, in other words, is everything worth having conflict over? No, no, it's not. You know, you have to decide. Now, again, there are things. There are things. There are things that you have to confront. There are things that you have to talk about. But there's things that you don't that aren't that big a deal that you could let go. And if you'd let them go, your life would be better. Your relationships would be happier. When you do decide, you know, that there's something that needs to be dealt with, then you've got to define the issue carefully and clearly. You've got to be able to say, you know, this, this is what's, what's going on. You have to be careful how you talk with people. This is probably a whole nother episode. Talk about that maybe somewhere down the line. I mean, how you exactly do this. But you don't start out with accusation. That never is good. And a lot of anger is never going to be good either. It's always really important to, to listen. Talking and listening can solve a lot of things. John Gottman's kind of a, a guru in marriages, written a bunch of books about marriage. 
and he he says he's able to predict which marriages will work and which won't with 91% accuracy. It's pretty impressive. Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work is, is the book, one of them. He says the biggest secret of successful marriages is when spouses talk at least five hours or more, or five hours more per week than other less successful couples. In other words, not talk for five hours a week, but talk for five hours more. And of course, talking and communicating is where you deal with issues so they don't ever become bigger issues. I have a standing lunch date with my wife every Friday, every single Friday. And part of the purpose of that lunch date is to go over a schedule. I'm a busy guy, a lot of things going on. I want to make sure my wife knows what I'm doing, where I'm going, all that sort of stuff. And then, of course, through the years, talk about the kids, all, all sorts of things. But it's also time to air out any grievances and talk about anything that needs to be discussed. So nothing goes underground, so nothing goes and, and, and doesn't get addressed. And, and then the conflict is there, and then you don't have the kind of happiness that you really want to have. Now, again, it's not about dwelling on the downers, you know. You move past it to the more positive stuff. It's not like it's all about conflict. It's not. It's just dealing with it so you can move on, so you can have understanding. Being able to talk about what needs to be talked about, what's concerning you, bothering you, upsetting you, and then get to a place where you can say, okay, you know, and be heard. And of course, communication is not just talking, but listening, active listening is so crucially important. You don't sit there like with your arms closed and, you know, the frown on your face, lean back in your chair, all that bad body language, but you're open, you're leaning forward, you're accessible, you're, you're, you're listening, you repeat back to the person what they're saying so they know that you care and that you are interested in what they're saying and that you want to resolve whatever the issue may be. And when you're able to do that, conflicts get solved and then happiness happens and relationships, friendships are strengthened. Being able to confide in someone, trusting someone enough that you can talk about these more delicate things and tougher to talk about things is a sign of strength in a friendship and relationship, not a sign of weakness. It's not a, like, oh, this, this, this relationship is messed up. No, every relationship has to deal with things. Even, you know, even friendships, Sometimes they go south because people don't talk about the things that they need to talk about and say what, what they need to say. If you just think about this for a moment, it makes such basic sense. How can someone be happy if the relationships aren't healthy? It's impossible. And, and conversely, how can you be unhappy? If you're married and you got a, a good marriage, that goes a long ways toward your overall happiness. If you've got a lot of friends, people that you really count on, people that you know are there for you, ready to celebrate with you and your victories, really excited for you when things go well, and also there when, when things are tough to support you and help you, 
that's that's just fantastic. That's going to give you an overall sense of well-being. You're going to be a happy person because you you you, you know you have friends. You know, we can laugh about these Christmas movies and stuff and, you know, are some of them kind of sappy or silly? Maybe they are, but they're super popular. And, you know, It's a Wonderful Life just is one of the all-time greats, right? It's all about a man's happiness comes from his friendships. People step up and help him when he needs help. And that's, that's that's what makes life enjoyable and happy. And so work on your relationships and your own family. Call your mom. Your mom's still your mom. Just because you're, you know, grown adult doesn't mean your mom doesn't want to hear from you. Your mom loves you and she cares about you and she she wants she wants to hear from you. Talk to your siblings. Well, we all got busy lives. You all got families now. Yeah, okay, but still, you're still show your brother, still your sister. Invest in those relationships. You won't regret it. It'll bring a great deal of happiness into your life. If you're going to have a happy new year, it's going to be because your relationships are healthy. I'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.